Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey guys, welcome back to the Art of Craftsmanship podcast. My name is Dustin, and today you are listening to a mashup between the Art of Craftsmanship and the Work For It podcast. Now, what you're hearing is the second half of our conversation, which was over two hours long. So if you haven't listened to the first half, you need to go over to the Work For It podcast and listen to the first half there. So we have the whole first half of the podcast, and then what you're going to hear today is the second half. Now, if you've come over from the Work For It podcast, welcome. We're excited to have you here. And you will are just about to hear the conclusion of the Christmas trivia. So again, if you're just joining us and you haven't listened to the Work For It podcast, I encourage you to go over there first, listen to the first half, come on back and listen to us here. All right. Thank you guys so much. And here is the conclusion of the Work For It podcast and the Art of Craftsmanship podcast mashup special. Elvis is going to have a white Christmas. He's going to have a blue Christmas. Yeah. Oh, oh, right. oh on coming at you. I wasn't ready for it. Dang, it. <laughs> nice <laughs> job. Well, what's funny is I actually got a little bit of lag, so I heard Elvis and Christmas. Or he's oh, gonna. Man. So I didn't quite understood. So it's like uh, blue. <laughs> man, that makes it even more impressive that man. you got the answer. Oh, yeah, because I heard it. I heard the question clear as day. Even more <laughs> embarrassing for Dustin. Oh. So congratulations, <laughs> Brian Cone. On, Brian uh, Cone. Do we have an uh, an applause? I'm already. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> nice. Look at this guy. Is. There it is. Want it. Well all done. right, so all right, so we are an hour sixteen into the podcast right now, and um, we've got a couple of things I want to discuss uh, with, and I think Devin and Dust, you'll find this very entertaining. So, on the last podcast, you know how we always go through work for it projects, WFI yeah. projects. You know, if you hashtag it, we follow that hashtag, and then we talk about it, right? Well, we both of us were duped <laughs> oh, <no>. uh, <laughs> so uh moonshine leatherworks okay yep, uh yep. he um created this um this wallet and it and it had it was a it was a had like a football was yep. used the old pigskin football and you know, I'm reading this tag about this this particular piece of leather that was used, and it it says he made this wallet from the actual game ball that Al Bundy used in 1966 to score four touchdowns so in I, a single game. Did you hear this? I heard you talk about this, and I was like, "What are they? It's Al Bundy. He's talking about very children." Now listen, the game. <laughs> I was surprised See, you guys didn't get it. I was like, "What are they doing?" What are they Brian about? has an excuse. Right, because, has an excuse because he's <laughs> that generation is he's a few back, right? Right. I, I know. I've never watched that, so excuse. I heard Al Bundy. I was like, "Is that like a long lost cousin of Ted Bundy? Is this like a serial killer dude, or what's going on here?" The messages that I got flooded in. People going, 
are you serious? You didn't pick up on this? And neither did Brian. Like, they thought that I was messing with Brian. Like, I was trying to, like, and I see, I don't know anything about football, but I do did watch that show, Married with Children. And in yeah. fact, it's like set in my basic, my backyard or where I grew up. So it's even more of a, you know, kick in the nuts. But I was like, you got to be kidding me. I didn't put two and two together because I'm not a football guy. Like, I don't watch much football. And I'm just thinking, well, maybe this Al Bundy guy just has the same name. And, and then I, now when you think back on Married with Children, he, he tells that story all, all the, time. the time. It's all like this time. Uncle Rico moment where yep. he's just always talking about the, the, the game, you know, the four touchdowns. Four touchdowns. <laughs> so Moonshine Leatherworks, you got me. And you got Brian, too. And that was really friggin' funny. And I think it was great. And you know what? I, I loved the whole thing. So we had to bring that up. <laughs> I, know, I actually second-guessed myself. I was like, maybe it was a real football player. Like, I was right. like, is it, is it Al Bundy? Isn't that from me? Which children <laughs> so now this is going to be a thing where people are going to try to get us to like to read this yeah, <laughs> yeah. There we go. yeah that was pretty good speaking of uh work for uh wfi projects i have a couple uh or at least i have some i can talk out i can shout out some of your yeah, F- wfi projects oh, we would love that go for yeah, it so one that i saw which is really cool is from uh let's see uh josh endes e-n-d-e-s um he was he's working on a kydex uh like a slip-in knife sheath for kitchen knives so he was showing that that's really cool i thought that was really awesome i've never seen i've seen different versions of sias and things and you have those kind of like my mom had the the knife sheath thing that you could put in it would sharpen the knife every time you put it in and out like when i was a kid but it's a really nice uh just kydex kind of slip in uh Maybe just like an edge protector sheath, though. So that's really nice. So Josh Endes, good work. And I saw some other his other chef's knives. Those are really nice. Yeah, that whole concept of uh, doing the style, the the Kydex style for kitchen yeah. knives is really classy. I think you know yeah. uh, I was having this conversation with Brent from Baldman Knife and Tool because he was kind of trying to figure out if he wanted to do leather or Kydex, and I was like, well, it's a kitchen knife kydex just sort of makes sense i mean mm-hmm. you're gonna, and you, i you, have if you don't sh- show off the knife you know right. on a magnet you're gonna throw it in a drawer and yeah you won't you don't want to slide it into a little sleep yeah and yeah. i have one of uh bald man's knives and it's the red kydex i had never seen red kydex oh, on it nice. oh my god and of course the handle is you know red and green so it all just kind of flows together top nice. notch work man top notch yeah, yeah, this is cool because it's kind of just the bottom part, it just basically protects the edge, so it slips into it, and it and it's uh, formed around the handle. So, really nice uh, design that way. I've seen I've seen other people do uh, Kydex uh, sizes, and actually, I'm I have Kydex. I just bought some uh, Kydex press foam, and uh, I'm gonna start playing around with it. I my wife wants me to make. I made her that little knife which I posted not too long ago with like the the birch uh, curly birch handle and the um, and the like teal dyed maple burl a little knife that i made for her and um she wants a kydex kind of pocket sheath so she can put it inside of a pocket with like a pocket clip so it can go like in a jacket pocket or or a, a pants pocket and it doesn't have to be like on her belt so see if i can get that done for her before christmas that's my plan yeah we'll see. for sure I'll go ahead and pick up another WFI project. So I have Shed under, underscore 72 with mm-hmm. an ask, axe that he made a mask for. And the reason why I bring up this mask is because it was you guys. <laughs> we were over here floundering on a podcast trying to think of, well, it's not a sheath <laughs> for an end of an axe. And, of course, Dustin, or, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Dustin, chimed in with, yeah. it's, a, it's a mask dummy. <laughs> yeah. There's a name yeah, for like, it. It's called a mask. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes total sense, by the way, because right, like, it looks right. like a mask. It's perfect. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I couldn't think of it, and I'm just sitting here going, I know Dustin would know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. I was like, it's a mask. Come on, guys. Come on. It's a mask. <laughs> I, I like took the little video of the, it's called a mask. <laughs> and, and one of the things that I'm really liking about the W wfi projects hashtag is that how many axes we are actually getting uh, you know people are tagging yeah. axes like crazy which is really cool there's a there's a, a gentleman uh mark leblanc who is mm-hmm. papa underscore hatch underscore axe 
and he is a fellow axe aficionado like you mm-hmm. dustin yeah. and he is doing some really cool stuff and he's you know restoring things and you know, you know and it seems like he's very focused on on the axe work which is really cool. yeah yeah i was just flipping through uh wfi projects today looking for some ones to shout out and i saw the keen edge timber and tool and sugar shack forge they're doing like sugar shack forge doing a racing axe which i actually shouted out on a podcast not too long ago and they're doing a uh the two of them so keen edge timber and tool he does axe handles that's like his main thing he restores axes as well and then sugar shack is a knife maker and does axes so they kind of collaborated and did sugar shack it's his axe and then it's keen edge's handle and they're doing a um um, a raffle or something for it right now so that's it's been around but they i saw that they when they posted it, they they tagged w5 projects so you're everywhere <laughs> yeah great. yeah and it. that that axe is super clean oh, it's so it nice. looks like somebody machined that axe i mean yep. it is unbelievably cool yeah yeah that one's nice absolutely what, what do we you got, got next Brian? I am going to shout out uh, another podcast who tags WFI projects, and it's something that brings me so much joy, and that is Lando <laughs> Novak and uh-huh. Justin Laramieu over at the Forge Side Chat. Yeah, I don't know if you have had the pleasure of listening in on this, but these two guys, you'd never know. You'd think that they've been doing the podcast game for years and <laughs> yep. they're, you know, they're real relatively new. I mean, they're like 18 to 20 episodes in and mm-hmm. every one of them is really funny. Like yeah. it's just makes me laugh out loud. I really enjoy listening to them. And then they bring people in to kind of hang out and talk. So, uh, yeah, go check out Fordside Chat because it's just such a great podcast. Yeah, they just had, um, uh, what is it? Uh, is it? I want before Shane. I say it, let me double check my messages. So, so on a side note, I, I recently uh, dropped my phone and hit the the stone ring around a fire pit and then fell into the fire. Mm. Uh, I, I grabbed it out of the fire. It didn't really fall right directly in, kind of on the side. I grabbed it out, but ever since then, it's been really funky. So, like, the left side of my screen's not working, and, you know, I have no no spare time to go get my phone fixed. So I'm, like, trying to struggle with that. Like, But uh, I think um, – let me double-check. Where are we? We are here. Uh, the Tradesman's channel, who uh, – Jim Smith, he does the Trades Channel. the YouTube channel um, on, like, blacksmithing and some – timber framing stuff all sorts of fun stuff we met him at your camp but he uh he sent me a message um and uh and let me know that he was just on i think it's forge side chat that's what i'm looking at making sure what was it oh blacksmith pub he was on blacksmith pub sorry wrong one but yes i have listened to forge side chat which is uh it's pickle cutters, right? And uh, and the other guy, I don't know, I can't remember. It, it, no, it's uh so pickle cutters is on um the hustle and grind podcast with hustle Jason and grind, that's right yeah yeah and, and forge side is all that's all the the canadian guys right? the canadian guys lando novak yes. and justin yeah. laramieu yeah. yeah and they're yeah, it's good. really good they kind yeah. of play up the whole canadian thing and <laughs> you'll hear the term hose head a lot <laughs> and then i started like deconstructing the word i'm like what do they mean by that hose head Ah, I get it. I get it now. Yeah, if you think about it, break it down. (laughs) Well, let's contemplate it for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, and and then I think that's where the term "hoser" comes from. So, like, there's a a whole. It's a whole thing. Like, you get sucked into the whole Canadian culture thing. It's fantastic, and they're just funny guys in general. And I, and not on, not only that. Like in the last episode, Lando goes on a very informative uh, discussion about welding, and 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 he's like, uh, all of the information was super helpful and correct. So I was like, you know, they they know what they're talking about, which I love. So it, it's a it's a great uh, listen, and I love that they connect with us on all social media platforms. Actually, so. right on, yeah. nice. That's awesome. Well, I have another one. Uh, another one that I looked up is uh, what is it? Kos- knives. Um, he has a bunch of really nice knives that he's tagging WFI projects. One that I saw specifically was Tanto that he made with um, ebony. 
and brass handle and ebony saya. So it's like a, I guess, is it a tanto? Is that what it's called? It's like a small samurai sword. You know, what's is there like the samurai sword and there's something smaller. And it's really nice, but just the ebony handle. And he talks about it being like the first time he's done saya and that it's like perfect and really nice work. I like wow. it a lot. So that's uh, a Kosovec dot knives. Really nice, uh, nice. Really nice knives he does. Yeah. Devin, do you want to take one or do you want me to take on the next one? Well, seeing how I don't have any, you go ahead. Okay, great. <laughs> I, did, I didn't look it up. Dustin, Dustin was like, I'll look him up. And I said, you go ahead. So, <laughs> One of the feeds that I've really been getting into lately is red.knives. And specifically, because I've been working with G10 more often, he has these super well-done, well-finished G10 handles. And he does G10 mm. handles, G10 fans. I'm specifically looking at one where it's like a jade green G10. And oh my goodness, it's like the finish on it is just so clean. And so nice. I've, I've just been getting into G10 and I'm, you know, hogging it off with, you know, 36 grits and then pulling it back to where I'm supposed to be. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't know if I'm just not taking enough time to really, you know, finish it off to, you know, that perfect glassy, you know, look and at, at the very yeah. end, but. Man, I, I almost wonder if maybe it's just an inferior G10 that I'm using or if I'm just bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah well, Red, I, Red Dot Knives, I, superior G10 finishes. That That's really nice. nice, really nice. Nice. Yeah, that's uh, that's Ryan, and he, he does fantastic work. And I talk about this a lot, uh, about people taking one design and really honing that one design instead of making you know just one-offs ryan has you know worked really hard on his you know trying to establish a style and then he found that style and he kind of works in that style Mm -hmm. uh there's something i really appreciate about that and i think it's it's really great so yeah red dot knives man go check him out um he's just getting started you know in the uh, whole social media game so only 289 followers he needs more than that yeah yeah totally Uh, I, I don't know if you've been following Gentry Custom. Oh, knives. yeah. Dude, he, mm-hmm. he lives like two hours down the road from me. Yeah, and he's got a pretty decent YouTube channel, yeah, too, uh, yeah, with a lot of followers. Yeah, and he did a really cool stainless four, uh, 440C stainless steel. Looks like an EDC, kind of a, um, you know, a thicker, bigger EDC with uh, Dayglow G10 handles. Mm-hmm. His work is insanely clean and... If you've ever watched, I watched his YouTube channel before uh, I even knew he was on Instagram. Then he started following me on somewhere and we started connecting and talking. Super interesting guy, like just really funny and witty and very optimistic, which I really like. And his work is insanely clean. So yeah, Gentry Custom Knives, all one word. Go check him out. Yeah, that's a really nice knife. I was looking at that, that day glow green handle. That is really nice. And just, uh, I love, I love the community that is, um, Instagram because I'm looking at, you know, it shows you who it, who else liked it. And it tells you who you follow. That's also like this person. So it's like Brad bits and howling wind, uh, howling winds hammer are two other people that I know who have liked that work by, uh, gentry knives which is really cool because like those two are both axe guys so again it goes back to like the axe community and the knife community being one that's pretty cool howling winds his work is unreal like yeah. the axes that he's producing are just off the charts cool and what yeah. a humble amazing human being he is as yeah well. and funny too yeah yeah and funny yeah <laughs> if you're not watching his videos on instagram you're missing out it's funny <laughs> i find him hilarious yeah, he was like, he did something recently where he was like just uh, ranting about something. I was like, hopped on, he did, hit a live, and I was like, oh man, he's really going at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he goes on these long diatribes about something. He'll just pinpoint something and go on after <laughs> right. it. Yeah, it's great. That's great. Yeah. Um, so, Brian, you suggested a really awesome topic, and I think we should do it because um, I thought it was super awesome. You said, uh, we should think about our favorite tools of 2021. And I thought, what a cool idea, because each year your tools and your things that you use change based off of like what your interest is that year. So I think we should all talk about our favorite tools of 2021. Sure. Mm. 
Who's the star? It's going to be hard for me to break this down. <laughs> I put some thought into this. And oh, I think I know what your answer is, Brian. I don't think I, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go with something really obscure. Mm. And, and so mm. let me just tell you my approach on this. All right. So, um, you know who Michael Alms is? The guy yep. that does all mm-hmm. the plywood, like, you know, really intricate plywood stuff. Yeah. He also he was at Maker Camp. Yeah, he yeah. did the, uh, he made the T Rex. The burn. They burned on Sunday. Yep. Yep. Wesley Treat and Michael Alm. Yep. 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 And so if I like Michael for numerous reasons, but I like his uh, sort of approach to tooling from a more organized standpoint because, you know, he, he does things like I, I always say, like, he makes Damascus out of plywood because that's wow. what he does. <laughs> yeah. He nice. Cool. Uh, patterns and shapes uh and it takes a a special kind of mind for that right and Mm -hmm. and um he did a video i think it was last year right around this time where he he just basically talked about the tools that he touched the most during his Mm -hmm. year the things that he was handling right and so from from that standpoint that's how i approach this i i went you know what tools do i touch almost every day and um, one of those tools was a recommendation from Michael. And it was, um, a, uh, let's see, it's called a rule. So it's not a ruler or a tape right. measure, but it's a rule. And there's a difference between a ruler and a rule. Isn't it and the a little r- bit at the end of the ruler? That is yep, exactly that's right. Hey. Yeah, there's okay. a little space past the zero. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, which, which, so if you're, you're coming from never <laughs> using rule, and then you buy one and you use it, you think, why do rulers exist? Because <laughs> a rule is just, it makes so much sense that I can bump yep. the end right up to whatever I'm trying to measure. And it's an, there's no eighth of an inch or, you know, three millimeters, four millimeters. There's none yeah. of that at the end. Of it. It's just, <laughs> and, and that's so frustrating. I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this, but yeah, I bought yeah. a stainless steel rule on Amazon because Michael's recommendation, and it's my one of my favorite tools of 2021. And um, I had a mix of rules and rulers in my shop, and what I did is I just took all of my rulers and ground that little bit off. <laughs> <laughs> I did the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's not perfectly accurate, but it's damn close enough for knife making. That's funny, man. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And, and I, you know, as ignorant as I was, I didn't really knew. I didn't know the difference, and I didn't know they existed. I had handled one before, but I just thought it was like a special ruler. I just thought like, oh, this is great. Somebody just, you know, lob that end off there so I don't have to compensate for that difference. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I am. Um, I, I have that. So as I'm, I'm an architecture teacher, so I have lots of rulers. I have rules, T-squares. Almost all of them have that extra whatever that is, like an eighth on the end. And um, so I'm always telling students, like, start at zero. Make sure you're on zero. You're not the end. You know, you're starting at zero. And I can say that with... I also have plastic triangles, so it's just, you know, a triangle, so you can measure 90 degrees and 45 degrees, sometimes 30 and 60, depending on what you're using. And when the ends of those break, then you have, you, you've lost the accuracy of being able to take the end of that or the point of it into an actual corner. Mm. Now, that doesn't necessarily matter so much when you're doing stainless steel, and I've done, with, for you, Brian Cohen, I did the same thing. Like, almost all of my rulers, I've just ground off the edges because I want to put them right up against something and mm-hmm. start at zero. But uh, I do see the benefit of having it sometimes. You know that you can, like, slide up to that, and you're starting on zero. So, yeah. that being said, and the rule is definitely, in the, in the shop, rule is much better. I would think that the history, somewhat of it, is my guess, is since a lot of them were wooden, if that end started yeah. to get uh, uh, pushed away or, or grinded mm-hmm. off with use, you still had room. Yeah, because right. you, you would maybe never know. I mean, you would. You'd see the numbers that were missing. Mm-hmm. But if you if you start with a wooden ruler right on zero, it would it might lose its uh, uh you know yeah loses yeah. that that accuracy right like, honestly yeah. you know with with my knives if somebody orders a seven inch knife i always add a quarter inch at the end just because nobody's ever been mad because they got a too big of a knife so <laughs> you know <laughs> i don't need Can't that go with a little bit of accuracy. Now. <laughs> that's what she said hey, hey, hey. 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 don't you need that on the uh, roadcaster <laughs> <laughs> 
I can use an extra quarter inch. (laughs) That's not much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, shoot, if I'm going into my favorite tool that I've used over the year, I mean, being a knife maker, obviously the answer is the 2x72. Because that's um, that's what you yeah. use like ninety five percent of the time knife making. So, mm-hmm. um, and honestly, this year is the first time that I, you know, on, yeah, I, I did have my two by seventy two at the beginning of the year, but halfway through the year, I upgraded to a VFD, and uh, holy nice. cow! If if I if I have to go a little bit more uh, more you know into the weeds of it, it's the VFD on my two by seventy two because it just upgraded my machine indefinitely because like nice. being able to slow that i i don't honestly i i haven't run my my belt grinder at 100 percent for anything since i've gotten my vfd i'm only i'm nice. always somewhere between 20 and 80 percent so nice. yeah yeah that's awesome yeah that's uh that's one of those things that um i never had because i've always had single speed grinders until now Mm-hmm. Brian House sent us a uh, revolution for AOC workshop, and uh, we're in the middle of shooting a video about opening it, putting it together, and talking about its benefits. So that's why it hasn't wow. come out yet. So, nice. so we got we got that one in the books. That one's coming up soon. So, no, yeah, be and I'm next. excited to have that speed control. Really excited. Yeah, yeah, that'll be the awesome. next one. Yep. I will yeah. say that that the grinder so the history behind how I know Dustin and Devin is we, you know, obviously met on the, 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 the build along series through knife talk. But then I reached out and said like, Hey, can I send you a grinder? And the interesting thing is, is you guys have the last uh, grinder that I built by hand and it's like janky as shit. Right. Like there's like a lot of like weird little, it's amazing. It's perfect. It, yeah exactly uh it, it's you know but it, it functions you know it, oh, but it yeah, works but it was like you know made by hand and stuff and then uh and then now you have like the shiny laser yeah. cut you know and yep. and and at the point of when i built your grinder it was the last grinder that i built in my old stu- old shop my old oh, studio. right on that's and awesome so there's a lot of milestones there and i also think that that grinder is the best grinder that i've ever built it's it's nice. just artistically very beautiful and you yeah. know not you know it, there's a lot of like little details that i added to it with the brass plate patina yeah, and there'll never yeah. be another one like it i think yeah. it's like number three off the line or something yeah, like that is it number three yeah and oh, it's, um that's yeah, so pretty it's a oh. it's a beautiful machine and uh yep. I'll toot my own horn when I say that because I did work really hard on it. Like I yes. I, I tumbled all the parts and I really made sure that it, it was like I wanted you to have both versions, you know. I wanted yeah. you to have that one that's handmade and then the one next to it that's just got like that the the panache, you know, the style. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know. I have I have uh, on my on my grinding table I have the revolution the like gen one that you made for me which is awesome and then in the middle i had this uh i have a a disc flat disc sander Mm. um which i got from a yard sale which i've talked about on the podcast but i actually got it because it had a speed control on it and so i was like oh maybe i can just take that speed control on it and put it on another machine and i ended up keeping it sets in the middle and then on the right side is my 2x42 uh, with the, like the small disc and that's also been a really good grinder so i've had both of those grinders on there being like the 2x42 is my wood grinder and the 2x72 is my metal grinder oh. so now i'm gonna like i have to redo that entire setup to have both revolutions there <laughs> and uh, i was like damn now i gotta get like you know i have all these like 2x42 <laughs> belts i actually have a ton of 1x30 belts and like stuff to do flat grinding so Devin, Devin recently was like, well, it's perfect. It can come to my shop. So I was like, well, there you go. I don't feel bad about getting rid of one, all these belts and stuff that are relatively fresh. So and I was like, once, uh, once Brian gives you uh generation eight, I can get the generation one. Hey. <laughs> he's, he won't give it up until, you know, he's got like three or four more for me, Brian. So, <laughs> and also I, I also related it to, you gave him the Mark One Iron Man suit that came out of the yeah, cave. Exactly. Uh, yep. Like the badass yeah, right. suit that you know fought terrorists. That's what you gave him to start with. And now he's got like the top of the line one zipping around. 
you know, fighting 400 robots at once. <laughs> I right. love it. I They're love both it. cool. They're both awesome, but, you know. <laughs> and I, I appreciate it greatly. Devin, well, you want to tell them? You want to tell them my uh, my qualms I've been having recently, Dev? Um, about about the uh, the appreciation. <laughs> now this can be a little bit. We're thinking for the um, the Christmas and last year. I think we did a Four Brothers Festivus, which, if you don't know, is the uh, Seinfeld holiday. Once uh, George's dad wanted to get rid of Christmas, he didn't like it. <laughs> He found tinsel distracting and he didn't like the <laughs> consumerism of it. So one of Dustin's, um, what's the exact term? Uh, the oh, airing, of airing of grievances. Airing of grievances. <laughs> and I'll, I'll air one for Dustin. <laughs> he uh, came to me and said, oh, um, I was listening to uh, Work For It podcast. And he said at the end, um, I want to thank Devin from the Art of Craftsmanship for supporting our podcast and being a patron i was like he's like you know it comes up with just your name because that's your name on the patreon blah 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 and he's like you know it's 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 both of us and i was like yeah you know he's like you know you contact brian you know let let brian know it's, it's both of us that's okay I, mean, I never did so then he heard it like three more times every time he hears it he's like well, i'm brian, like devin tell brian that i am not an asshole who doesn't care about the things he's giving us please let him know that it is both of us that is supporting him i, I didn't i didn't want to tell you because i didn't feel like i like wanted the shout out because i don't care about that but i was like it was so funny i was like what are you doing please tell him every week he's like and it's Devin. That's Dustin's brother, not Dustin. Just, <laughs> just Devin, who's supporting WFI podcast. I'm like, no, it's both of us. And Devin, we appreciate your support. Hey, you're welcome. <laughs> I, I, I will continue my support alone of this Thank podcast. You. Thank you very much. <laughs> you're welcome. You know, now I can't say it's Dustin and Devin from the art of it. I have to leave it as Devin. It's, it's, right? it's gonna be the way it is. Only Devin. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, I feel so I feel bad because like you know, you've you've have been like super generous and have given us really awesome stuff, which has come to my shop, you know. So it's like and then like each week you're like, yeah, Devin, like uh, he doesn't think I appreciate him. I do. And, and, and I'm supporting the podcast. I know you do. I know you do. I know you do. And and here here's something I always tell the like, you know, I feel like I'm a patron of of you because I really love your work. And you know how much I Absolutely. really love both of you know the work that you do with the art of craftsmanship. It's it is a joy to know you and to you know watch your work and and see how you do things. It's you have to understand from my perspective, it's like it's like a blessing for me to be able to be a part of it. So to, to give you guys something like a revolution and to see my tools and your videos, that makes me so happy right then and there. That's like all I need. Like, I don't need anything else. That is it. And um, as you know, like anytime I send you something, like I don't require or ask of any re reciprocation because right. the reciprocation is you just doing your work. And mm -hmm. You know, I I never thought that I would be one of those people because you know there's there's those people that love to support these artists, you know, and they're mm -hmm. they have the, the means to do so. And I always thought like, oh, that must be really nice to have, you know, something that you could support an artist with. And yeah. um and and now I have that. So I, I have the and I'm in a position where I can do that. So you know, there's certain select people that I have supported over the you know last couple of years by doing this and man it's just dude it's like the coolest thing ever to be a part yeah. of it so I I know that you appreciate and by the way I have a box that you sent me I have not mm -hmm. opened it yet oh wow and okay. and yeah and and uh and the reason is is because I have like a stack of things that people have sent me so I'm going to do like kind of a, a mail call type situation where I open everything and do it on camera. And nice. I was thinking it would be great for Christmas, right? Cause it's kind of like gifts and everything. And, mm -hmm. um, and, and it's burning a hole in my workshop. <laughs> like it's sitting in a spot where, so just to give the audience some perspective, this box is like kind of long, right? So it's like maybe two or three feet long and it's, it's, um, it's heavy. So there's something in it of like 
of of real you know either value steal something i don't have any context none it just showed up on my doorstep from <laughs> dustin and devin and uh, i'm assuming it was just devin that sent it but um probably probably, probably just devin, probably just devin. <laughs> it's probably devin's idea yeah yeah probably and <laughs> and, uh, and and i'm sitting here like every day i walk past it and i'm like I got. I like want to open it, but I haven't had a minute to like set up a camera and do the whole thing. And and I feel this like uh, this connection to this thing. You know, this uh, you you talked about this at one time, Dustin, about like you make something right and you have it, and then like you'll take it with you and kind of carry it around and look yeah. at it and inspect it. And and uh, when a maker gives me something that they've made with my tools, I get that same feeling. Like it's, I, uh, for instance, uh, Justin Miller, Florida Man Forge. I don't know if you ever saw the piece that he did. It was like a kukri that was really super patinaed and he took a great shot of it. It looked like Fordite, the handle, but it wasn't Fordite. And um, I got a chance to meet him. He came down and delivered a press to me um, a, a couple weeks ago and he left me that knife. Oh man. Nice. And I was wow. like, no, you can't leave this here. He's like, because I had gushed over it on social media because I was like, oh, that is, a, I mean, it, it blew me away in the photos and then to hold it in my hand, I was just like, oh, this is the coolest damn thing ever. Like, that's such a nice thing, you know, whatever. And as he's walking out, he's like, here you go. And I was like, no, 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 you can't get, you, he's like, dude, please take it. So I, and that thing is on my desk and I like hold it all the time. And I'm like, okay, I want to chop a tree down with this thing and kill a zombie. And then like, Opens you know, letters of, with it. Yeah, exactly. Nice. I'm like shaving with it. But, but yeah, no, I appreciate you guys very much. And, and it's my pleasure to be a part of it. So I, yeah, I just love that we're doing this, but too, by the way. So, yeah. And you've talked about that before, how you've said like, there's, you know, us being a community, you can reach out to someone and be like, Hey, why don't you shout my, you know, shout me out, give me some love. You know, you're a big channel, but if you can go about it the other way around and you can reach out to somebody and be like, here's something that I think that you would enjoy, mm -hmm. right? You're going to, you're going to work your way into that person's mentality and their like mindset because you are, you're thinking they, they understand that you've looked at them, you've seen what they do and you appreciate it and you want to help out, right? That's a much better way to, uh, get into someone's radar than it is to just be like, Hey, why don't you shout me out? You know, you like, you know, instead of taking it from something that they can do for you, you're like, what can I do? What can I do for you? Instead of you, what can you do for me? You know, yeah. and that's, that's definitely much yeah. better, much, much better angle to get into someone's uh, graces or just to become like friends. Right. You know, cause then you're like, Oh, this person likes my stuff and they want to help me out. That's great. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's Brian said it before, giving something of value to someone that you value, you think you're getting something back from, but it's also obviously what you give. You can't just send gifts to someone. I mean, you can, and, and right. people get things, but if it's, if it's specific and if Brian gave you the, the grinder, you know that he's thought about it mm -hmm. right. and it's, it's a specific thing and you know, and he knows how much it would mean to you. Right. Right. So it's yeah. not just a, a, a normal gift. It's something that he's thought of. And yeah, yeah exactly. That's why it works. Yeah. See, and this is what I've been going through over the last couple weeks because I've already finished all my Christmas orders. So I've just yeah. been making Christmas presents and, um, you know, taking that time and really thinking about the person like, oh, what what is this person going to like and how can I tailor it to them? And then even going through and thinking about them while you're making it. It's yep. just, it's just a whole nother level. You know, it's, it just feels good all the way through. And then I'm super excited because, you know, actually all three people who I'm talking to right now is getting one of them. So I can't oh, talk about right. what I'm, what I'm doing because I, you know, I can't, I can't spoil the surprise, but. Um, Do not tell Brian any secrets. He cannot. <laughs> he I will, am a, he I'm will a spill terrible, the beans. I am a terrible liar. I am a terrible secret keeper. It's just the way it is. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
I, I completely agree though. Like knowing that you're making something for somebody, you're, you're invested that much more. Like you said, while you're making, you're thinking about it, all the little things that I like just skip over. If I'm making something for myself, I'll like do really well when I'm making it for other people. You know, it's like, <laughs> and you're, cause you're also, you know, you're a maker, right? The whole point is like, not the whole point, but you're, you want to do something where, and then they're going to look at it and they're going to think, Oh, they spent time on this, all these little details that you might gloss over you know that that other person is going to be, they're going to appreciate that. Yeah. So it's not the fact that they're, you're not trying to impress them, but you know that they're going to appreciate that you put that time in and you want to make sure that they, they understand that you were invested in what you were doing for them to, so they would appreciate something like that. Yeah. I'll um, awesome. tell a little four brothers story for many years and still Dustin would make all of us, me and my two other brothers gifts, but they were really great. They were, neck knives or oh cool or hanging axes or things like that so i I remember basically yelling at my other brothers saying look what dustin is doing yeah we all can't do what dustin is doing but we gotta step up our gift game (laughs) and if you it doesn't matter the fucking money you spend but you have to have some forethought and some generosity of what you're doing and spread it that way because some of the other brothers weren't doing it and and I mean I never gave back as good of a gift as Dustin would because I don't have that skill, but you have to realize what that person's doing for you, and try to try to give it back a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, it's it's like the the saying is it's the thought that counts. It's not the gift. yeah absolutely. Well, yep. when you're making somebody something, especially you know to the level you know it, like for instance knives or whatever else, you're spending literal hours on the thing thinking about the person so it's like a very you know deep and intense version of that Mm -hmm. yeah 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 definitely yeah i I love uh i love giving gifts but it's also the reason why i love thanksgiving more than christmas because you don't have to worry about the gifts (laughs) but you get all the great stuff you get to hang out with all your family you're all appreciative you get a good meal there's no gifts involved (laughs) like because i love giving gifts but they do take time yeah (laughs) Well, they call me um, Sharp Santa for a reason. I, I'm I'm all about that. Nickname, you know? I love that. I love that nickname. It's so good. <laughs> uh, I, I do want to um I want to talk about some of the tools that I've really loved and used. One being the Shinto rasp, um, mm-hmm. as like when I shape uh speci- specifically axe handles, but anything that I'm shaping wood, a Shinto rasp is so nice. It's got like the two sides, one aggressive, one, one less aggressive. And it's just, it's so sharp and so clean. It, I, I liken it to a, um, uh, a Japanese pool saw. They're so sharp and clean. They do a really good job. And so like, I love the Shinto rasp. And I actually, um, when I was making the, the hickory flat bow, which I did earlier in 2021, I think maybe it was the end of, I think it was like January, February of this year. Um, we were, I was in the middle of doing something. I was using like a half round rasp and doing some other stuff to do tillering on the bow. And uh, Devin actually suggested, he was like, don't you have that like Shinto rasp or that rasp that our uncle, cause my uncle got us, got me that rasp and he actually sent it to our house and it had no like return address or anybody. And I was like, all right, who, what weird followers found my address and is sending me <laughs> uh, gifts. <laughs> Fortunately it was our uncle. So, but, uh, but yeah, I was like, oh, right, that's good. Yeah. I started using it. It was such a nice tool. So if you're doing any type of wood shaping, I don't use it typically on knife handles just because it's they're smaller and it's a kind of a bigger tool, but any type of larger, you know, anything larger than that is, it's just a, it's a joy to use. So check out a show wrap. How about you, Dev? Any, uh, any tools of 2021? Yeah. Um, I guess my tools are a little different. Um, <laughs> mainly I'll say, not just switching to Premiere, but figuring out how to use it properly. Because from since when I went to film school, there there wasn't a lot of quickly automated editing tools, right? To like set mm-hmm. all your levels or to um, balance your footage or do color correct automatically. And I'm still trying to figure out all that. But if you're using Premiere and you're you're having an issue i'm just google it i'm sure a million other people have had the issue and then premiere has made 
a tool to fix it like all at once to save you hours. So wow. luckily my editing has been speeding speeding up because of that stuff, all these little tricks that weren't there 15 years ago, which are now uh. there. Um, and then another one just to cheat, give myself a second one, the uh, the new uh, <laughs> the new tracker I've got. <laughs> nice. I got to use it once on the lawn basically to blow off all the leaves and uh, and cut <laughs> cut the lawn once. It's my Cub Cadet uh, XT1. It's oh, awesome. Nice. That's that, that picture I had that came in the crate and I'll have to send another picture of it done. But yeah, uh, it's awesome. I mean, so far I used it once. So, uh, but I was loving it, having a good time out in the yard. Uh, yeah. <laughs> nice. So what, so for the, for, for, um, premiere, is it, is it a search function? Like, or just what, what's, how's, how does it work? Uh, it's not a search. It's just, um, certain effects, effect control, audio effects, uh, transitions. You just set certain things and it will, you can drop it in like, okay. Uh, and you can drop it in on multiple clips. So, I mean, just look for them. There's so many of them um, where it will auto auto level your volume. Oh, okay. You know, so you don't have to pinpoint yeah. up and down, up and down. It, a lot of that type of stuff. So just okay. if you're on Premiere, you know, there's probably a, a a trick for what you're doing if you're frustrated. So just learning that better. Le- learning the Premiere programs, the whole cloud suite better is, is uh, that tool is it's, it's huge. Nice. All right. That's what I use, Devin. It's fantastic. The cloud uh, creative cloud suite right, uh, right. with Adobe and a pro tip that I've discovered. And I heard Jimmy and Bob Claggett uh, and Dave talk about this on making it. Um, but, you know, they're talking about uh, storage, you know, video yep. and the, how that can be a real challenge. And it is. Um, if you have the means to do it, Dropbox has an unlimited uh, uh, sort of tier wow. that you can buy yeah. into. And I bought into it because I, I messaged Dropbox and I'm like, I'm running out of my two terabytes or whatever. And, I, and the mm-hmm. lady's like, well, you can upgrade to the unlimited for whatever a year. Like it's like, it's kind of ridiculous. It's like 800 bucks a year or something like that. But what it, what you can do is you just basically tell them how much storage you want. So I just told her like, I want 20 terabytes. And they just do it right. So wow. they, and that way I can archive everything. Cause I'm shooting a lot in 4k and I'm, you know, I'm uploading things all the time and I, mm-hmm. I don't want to lose this stuff. Cause I've got a lot, a lot of stuff. Well, premiere, if you sync your Dropbox and you store your project files in your inside of a Dropbox folder, mm-hmm. which I have an Adobe projects folder, uh, video projects folder when I go to the studio and I'm working and I'm uploading my footage and I'm editing there, I can close the project there and reopen it at home. And it's completely synced. Like wow. everything is all the same. So mm-hmm. somebody that works in two locations like I do, that is an extremely valuable tool. And it basically is cloud uh, synced across you know multiple machines uh, th- and through their selective sync program. Uh, you, you're not actually storing the files locally unless you're working mm-hmm. with them. So you're not, you know, harvest, you're not basically harbor, harboring all that data in one place. Uh, you know, I'm not storing 20 terabytes of video right. on, yeah. on my personal machine. So, so what, what about the, the footage you're using at the time to edit? That, that is definitely local. Right. So, so when, when I'm working on a specific project, or I know I'm going to pull old footage, I'll right click on the folder and put local. So mm. it downloads it to the uh, machine. Okay. And then and then I work with it. I uh, you know, you know, edit it and everything. And then when I'm done, it goes into a finished videos folder that ultimately gets uploaded to YouTube or wherever. And then I right click on that folder and put online only. And then it just goes up into the cloud and it lives there. The other really cool feature of this is Dropbox uh, iOS app and their app that works with Android. You can legit edit in Premiere Rush, which is another creative cloud um, right. thing. And you can pull down right from Dropbox inside of Premiere Rush. Mm-hmm. So now all your footage is mobily available to you as well. So you have all these features and it, man, is it slick. It really works and it's fast and, and furious and works really great. So. Do you know what my fix to all of this is? 
Yeah, I know what yours is. <laughs> Just having a Kyle video guy and not having to worry about a damn thing. <laughs> that's uh, that's Dustin's. Well, I that's have that. Crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I had that too. But you know, it's a Kyle team, Fields, so I have to yeah. hear about it. <laughs> Kyle Fields definitely go support that guy because he does a lot for me. And I, so I wanted to on this topic, I wanted to ask you two questions, Brian. Um, Brian Cohn. Um, and these are things that we actually ask new guests on our podcast, or we ask one of them and Brian house has been on our podcast before. So he's talked about this before, but the first question I want to ask you is how did you get into, uh, YouTube or what was first like knife making or YouTube? Like what, what did you do? how did you get into it? And then the second question is that I want you to, uh, tell the listeners a disaster story. We love sure. to like hear disaster stories from our guests because it, it, it's all together because everyone's made mistakes everyone's done something where they've completely ruined something and had to start over um and i know you've talked about some of these things on the podcast and the work for podcast because i've heard them before but uh sure. but i'd love for you to uh, relate both of those things i'd like to hear about that about your like how you got into youtube and knife making and then also you know when you had to do something to start all over because you screwed up completely well when i got into knife making in general basically the the origin story of that was i was working at target stocking shelves and i was good friends with my buddy brad who also you know stock shelves next to me and we're talking about different things that yep. we both do or watch on youtube and we're both watching simple little life jeremy over at simple little life and then yep. we're like and the breaks you know on in in the break room we're watching you know simple life videos and alex Steele videos and all of those you know youtubers and then basically after doing that for a couple of months he was just like you know what i have a little bench grinder like a little you know stone wheel bench grinder let's go buy some files and just try it let's just try it once and see if it see if it's a cool thing because we were watching them and obviously the first thing you make is going to look like crap but it's it's going to be fun <laughs> so we we spent a whole weekend basically grinding on these files and you know making them into knife shaped object and like we both fell in absolutely head over heels of the little knives that we made or knife shaped objects we made and we were mm -hmm. using those at target un unboxing things to stock on shelves for a long long time and, um, you know, I just kind of, you know, caught the bug with knife making and, you know, pretty much I've been making knives ever since. And then, you know, obviously because I got into it because of watching YouTubers, um, I've always like one of my, one of my goals was to make a knife making video. And, mm -hmm. you know, luckily, you know, being in the marching band at college at central Michigan, um, you know, I was one of my best friends, um, going through the marching chips was Kyle Fields, who is a one hell of a videographer. Like he went to school for a videographer and now he's the head videographer at central Michigan. And um, basically he was like, screw it. You know, let's, let's just spend a couple weekends and make a quick little YouTube video. And, you know, we did, because I was, you know, at that point making knives kind of semi-seriously. And um, I think that was one of the first knives I made on a two by 72 was the, was the knife video that I made. It was just like a little nice. chopper that I made for him and we did it. And, you know, <laughs> what was really funny is like when, when I was trying to do like the, the one minute intro of, Hey, I'm Brian Cohn from Beco knives. And in this video, yada, 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 literally it yeah. took me like six hours to stammer that out. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it went from six hours to, you know, just say one minute worth of thing. And now at this point, I'm just kind of, you know, one taking everything and just kind of making it work and got into it. And, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun. And now I'm, I see my, my whole idea with it is I'm a knife maker first and I make mm -hmm. YouTube videos second. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not looking at trying to make the AdSense something that I live off of. So I'm, I'm doing these, these YouTube videos that might, you know, be like an, basically like an advertisement for my small knife making company. Right. Right. Yeah. So I, it would be cool, you know, if it, if it blows up, then, you know, I can always pivot. That's, that's something I'm open to, but yeah. it's not something nice. that is my goal at this point, which is why I only put out maybe a video a month or so. 
Right. Sound sounds like Kyle's not as much of a slave driver as Devin is. You <laughs> <laughs> don't you don't get he don't let me get along get away with any one takes. It's like, no, all right, that was all right. How about let's try again? How about let's try again? How about let's try again? Well, and, I'm and I'm it, actually more critical on myself than he is for sure. Uh, yeah. I uh just a little side note, I also worked at Target for a bunch of years. Oh no, really? What <laughs> yep. section did you mm-hmm. work at? So I, so did I. I, I yeah, yep. Yeah, we both did. We worked here in Baltimore or in uh or northern um in Carroll County up in Westminster, Maryland. But uh I did I, I worked back route. I back, back in the back room. room. I unloaded yeah. unloaded trucks for a long time and then I yeah. moved to like the back room actually stocking, you know, stuff in the back room yeah. and then, you know, stocking yeah. the floor and all. So yeah. yep. The one thing I never did is I never got trained on register. So they could oh, never nice. call me up. When you get that like, that call on the walkie that's like all available, you know, cashiers, please come to the front. And I was like, sorry, don't nope. know how to use a register. <laughs> Dude, that is a pro strat, right? For sure. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, I was I was in the grocery section all the all of my time over there and okay yeah i did a little bit of everything like i would work sometimes i would work um out front you know just kind of being on the on the floor you know and kind of walking around pulling everything to the front and just helping yep. people out yep. but yeah but usually it's backroom stuff so. you cocky backroom guys that's right yeah that's right <laughs> got the scanner guns and everything yeah i'll tell you if something's ago. available we don't have it all right get out of here <laughs> <laughs> Devin, where so did Brian, you work in Target, if you don't mind me? You know. Yeah, no, it was all, all hard lines. So all, you know, yeah, it was yeah. all over anything other than clothes. Yeah, yeah. So okay. I cool. did, yeah, you know, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, we'd do the, you'd work the, like, uh, the food aisle, right? Mm-hmm. And all you'd set all your cans perfectly and some stupid kid would come oh by. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Push like I spent in. two hours, and then you know you go to Walmart and you go, oh, no one's doing the things right, like we're yeah, doing at Target. Yeah. Man, this that's one thing. Even I've I've been out of Target for shoot a year or so, and um, literally even to this day, like when I grab, like when I go grocery shopping, like I face the aisles after I'm done grabbing <laughs> something, bring all the boxes up to the front. You know, not only just the front box, but all of the boxes behind it, and then I don't realize that I'm doing it until Emily is like, dude, what do you? Come on. <laughs> this is You're the exact the definition one. of Stockholm syndrome. Yep. <laughs> you, you, you literally oh. have it. Yeah. Yeah. Where's the wah, 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 wah. <laughs> oh, shoot. Well, disaster story. So, yeah. hmm. I guess you, if you've seen my last YouTube video, it's a little bit of a disaster story there where um, basically I started off this, this video I was making a chef knife for my video guy and it was going to be an eight inch K-tip chef knife. And I, you know, spent six and a half hours forging on it. And I think it was about 90 degrees outside. So inside of my shop, my, you know, six or eight foot by 16 foot shop with the forge running for six and a half hours for, I mean, it it was ridiculously hot. It had to be (laughs) well above a hundred degrees in there. And I basically, I I spent one day forging it out and it was, it was crazy. Um, And then, you know, I forged it out. I, I shaped it down and I heat treated it and it seemed to go pretty well. I put it in the oven and when I pulled it out, it delaminated on the spine and it delaminated Mm. on the cutting edge. Oh, man. Yeah. A bit of a disaster for Ooh. sure. Um, sad, what it it is, what it is. But then I basically what I what I called knife surgery on it, and I <laughs> basically start cutting this thing away, and like I know that there's a knife in here. It might only be like two inches of the blade like left, but you know there's gonna be a knife in here. And I just kept grinding away at that delamination until it was gone. And you know I I made a little offset serrated knife out of it. So nice. So was it? Did, is it San Mai or Damascus or? So it was using? actually Damascus from Timber Tiger Forge. He sent me a couple. Okay. Of, he sent me one piece, and then I bought a couple of pieces, and it just so happened that the one that I grabbed wasn't completely forge welded at the seams. Yeah. It's like you know, I... it's it's so funny because like you know, I'm I'm doing this because I'm featuring Timber Tiger Forge, and then it delaminates me. <laughs> like, and oh. there you go folks don't buy from timber tiger. right and i said that a couple times like dude don't don't think of this as timber tiger i'm sure is probably on my end and you know this isn't yeah. the work that he puts out it's it's whatever it is what it is but yeah. you know i was able and then if you want me to go into a minor um disaster story actually yeah. this this past week in the shop um so basically I'm, I'm working on these christmas presents and you know i'm i've got 
multiple different things at different stages, which I try not to do. I try to do all of one project or one state thing, move on to the next right. thing. Right. But you know, I, I, I started a batch and I was like, Oh shoot, let me add like eight more. So I had another batch coming in behind. Um, so I was, I was on the drill press for a while, drilling holes, and I was using um, my um, one by two by two threes blocks. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was drilling holes, and I got done with that. And because of my shop is so small, I only have a few like horizontal spaces spaces that I can like set things. So when I got done with you know drilling, I took my one two three block and I put it on my forge like right right in front of where my forge is. Um, just not thinking because, you know, I just don't have very much space and that's where I set it. And then right after that, you know, Emily came in the shop and I was, you know, kind of talking with her and then I wasn't paying attention. I was like, oh, well, while you're in here, I'll, you know, do some forging because that's kind of the impressive thing. The girl's in the shop. You gotta, you know, (laughs) well, anyways, I, I turn on the forge and I'm going to, you know, hot stamp these and I turn on the forge and I, you know, do my hot stamping and then, you know, she goes back in the house and does whatever. And then. I go back to drill more more holes, and I grab the one two three block. Oh! And I currently have circles on my my Ooh. middle two my middle three oh. fingers on my right hand. I burn, oh. and you can see the circles of the one two three block. Oh no! In the burns. I mean, it's not like bad oh. bad. Like I grabbed it, and yeah. I I barely got it up to like the the table of my drill press. And like right. the the immediate like oh my god you know and multiple other words <laughs> come spilling oh, out of my I... mouth and I run over to my water bucket and I throw my hand in the water bucket and then realize like holy cow how stupid of course that's gonna be red hot because it's literally sitting yeah. right at the mouth of the forge uh, and then raiders after... of the lost ark moment <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that's that's kind of a minor disaster because my right hand I mean that's that's like any maker you're losing your right Phew. hand for a couple of days so yeah kind of minor yeah, disaster so bad. now I'm a couple of days behind on you know and I'm shipping a bunch of these things so now those are probably mm. going to be late for Christmas but it is what it is yeah wow all right nice right on <laughs> <laughs> good stuff yeah that's uh you know I I love the uh I love the the epitaph of you know knife makers don't make mistakes they just make smaller knives sure, sure. i know it's like cliche but you know it is, it is you know it's like you still have the steel right it's just because we are you know we're we are looking at the situation and we're positive thinkers what else can we make out of this thing what can what positive turn can we make out of this uh this error here so <laughs> brian house you got any uh, dad jokes for us today oh i was just gonna say let's go ahead and piss off my neighbors because it's like what almost 11 30 <laughs> <laughs> let's do it i actually uh got one today i think it, this is from let me just double check i'm pretty sure it was um oh who sent this to me it was a dad joke that came from um uh dennis terrell of terrell oh, knife works nice. right on so uh what do you call a snowman with a six-pack what's that the abdominal snowman (laughs) (laughs) that's great (laughs) i've got one more i've got one more this is very apropos what do you call a poor sharp santa claus (laughs) oh yeah what do you call that St. Nicholas. <laughs> that came from Noah Bloomberg of NTI nice. River Forge. Yeah, yeah. Very, very, very good. Worded that way. Poor Sharp Santa. Yeah, poor Sharp Santa. I think nice. they just call him Brian Cohn. <laughs> well, gentlemen, I had an absolute blast hanging out Absolutely. with you uh, this yep fine uh let's see what is this wednesday evening we're recording yes, this and uh i actually have to rec- i have to do some editing on this and yep. uh, put it all together so that we can upload it and have it ready for tomorrow but uh i had an absolute blast thank you so much for doing the collab and the smash up this was uh this was awesome we will take the potential collaboration that we are going to do yeah. together and offline and we'll discuss it and then we'll come back 
with uh, that project because I think I'm excited about that. Yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. Right on. Yeah, this has been great. And like, what a what a fun thing to do. And I know that uh, actually early on when we all joined the uh, Makery Network, uh, Craig Lockwood made a suggestion about like kind of mashing stuff up and bringing some people together. And I always thought that was a really cool idea. So um, it had kind of like lost, I'd, I'd lost the idea of it until Ben butler so ben we miss you but we know you're out there listening so um you know he we had that idea so i thought that was really fun so um yeah and uh you know so everyone who's listening thank you so much those of you who came over to listen to aoc from wfi really really appreciate it and uh those of you who are listening to aoc podcast who haven't listened to work for podcast make sure you go over and check out the first half if you haven't already because i'm going to make try to talk about that in the beginning of this podcast a little intro but um we thank everybody. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, the Art of Craftsmanship, the Art of Camera Guy, and uh, you know, support us all on Patreon. You guys can go over and support us on Patreon at the uh, the Art of Craftsmanship slash Patreon or Patreon.com slash the Art of Craftsmanship, and then uh, work for a podcast, which uh, which we support on Patreon. And one last time, uh, both Brian's. Where can we find you guys? Go ahead, Brian. You can find me on Instagram at housemade.us. So that's my Instagram handle. And it's also my website, housemade.us. You can go check out the grinder project. If you haven't heard of the Revolution 2x72 belt grinder, go check it out. Uh, it might be something you might be interested in for a winter project. Yeah. Yes, sir. And then I'm at Beacon Knives pretty much everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, if that's still a thing. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Bco knives, a B K O H N knives. Yep. Right on. All right. Uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Same to you guys. All right. Goodbye. 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 Adios. Adios. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.